City have taken the lead. A lovely free kick found the head of the Birmingham City captain. It's a dangerous ball, it's a looping header, and it's a goal against the run of play for Birmingham City. Abby Grant. It's a lovely finish into the top corner. Guided in by Lucy Whip. Just gently lofted out of the reach of the keeper. Might be another chance for another goal. Cracking save by Hampton. Welcome everyone to the Great in 68 podcast, the women's football show that brings you the fans' perspective of all things Birmingham City. I'm Craig Hadley and I'm joined this week by Chris Pugh. How have you been, Chris? Yeah, not too bad. Thank you, Craig. Yeah, given the circumstances, yourself? Yeah, about the same. Just plodding on. Yeah, plodding on, that's it. Yeah. I work in retail for those unaware, so I'm just just doing what I'm doing. Yeah. Keep going in. Uh, we begin this week's show by looking back at Northern Ireland's 1-0 win away in Belarus. Rachel Furness's first half header was the difference between the sides. The character the team showed was first class, as their keeper Jacqueline Burns was sent off for bringing down the Belarusian captain after just 27 minutes. Blues midfielder Chloe McCarran played the entire match and will be delighted to have kept a clean sheet, especially with only 10 players on the pitch for most of the game. We've both watched the highlights from this one. Chris, what did you make of the sending off? Yeah, I, th- I think obviously, you know, it's uh, so early on in the game, you know, it's it's tough for the referee to, to be put in that situation where, where you have to make that decision so early on with a, with a decision that can be, that will be such a such a massive game changer. But I think it's looking at the looking at the highlights, I think it's probably the right decision. It was a long ball over the top from from the keeper at the other end of the pitch. The defenders let it bounce, which was always yeah. a bit of an error. That's the key there. That you know, it's I say unwritten rule. It probably pretty much is a written rule. You know, it's the first thing you learn really. Like don't let it, unless it's absolutely flying through to the keeper. Like don't let it bounce and make sure that you you deal with it. But yeah, it's the letting it bounce that's caused the issue, isn't it? Yeah, and then the keeper, as you say, has to make a decision, and she makes makes the the wrong one and sort and brings her down and. From there, Belarus look like they're going to take advantage of it. Um, they have the ball in the back of the net from the subsequent free kick, but it's disallowed. Did you spot an infringement or did Ireland get away with one here there? Maybe a little bit. It's one of them again. Maybe the referee, having sent off the Northern Irish goalkeeper, thought <laughs> any possible chance of of sort of evening up the favour, if you like. Um, but yeah, it, it could easily have gone the other way and, and the goal could have stood, yeah. Shortly before half-time, Rachel Furness then fires Ireland ahead, heading in a corner at the back post. Just how good is Furness? She is such an important player for both Liverpool and Northern Ireland and arguably is still underrated by some sections of football fans. Yeah, I, I think she's WSL quality for sure. She showed at Reading and, and last season, you know, in, in what was a an iffy Liverpool side when, when Furness did go there that she... You know, she was dragging them along and and, and really trying to trying to galvanise that side. I think on the pitch and off the pitch, she's she's a massive character. And yeah, to have someone for Northern Ireland to have someone like that to to really be a, a focal point and a key player. You know, she seems to she seems to thrive on that on that responsibility to leap like that and head home after go, going down to, to 10 players, you know, and, and knowing the importance of the game against a side that they are competing with in that group that, you know, it's, um yeah, it was a, it was a brilliant goal. And I agree. Furness is, is certainly someone that I think is, is still a bit underrated. 
despite what she's done. The Women's Championship is extremely competitive this season with Liverpool not guaranteed promotion back to the WSL, especially after drawing uh, 2-2 with Lewis earlier today. Would Furness be the first name on your shopping list, Chris, if Liverpool fail to win promotion? Yes, I think so, yeah. Um, again, knowing knowing Carla's demands from her players and her squad, um, I think Rachel Furness is the sort of character not not only player, you know, her, her footballing ability, the her character, and you know the the type of person she is. I think that that would be such a massive boost to to any WSL squad, really, especially Blues under under Carla. So, yeah, I mean, if if things were to turn out that way, and Liverpool were to were to see themselves in in the division again next year, then yeah, Furness will be. I'm sure we wouldn't be the only team trying to trying to prize Furness away. Absolutely. Furness struck the bar midway through the second half, but the best chance of the second half came to Belarus. A hopeful ball over the top found Anastasia Sherbakanaya, who lofted the ball just over the bar with the Irish keeper off her line. The win, along with Wales's loss to Norway, has opened up Group C, with Northern Ireland still in the hunt for a playoff place. Their remaining fixtures are against Belarus and the Faroe Islands, two teams they have already beaten this year. Both of the games will be at home, Chris. Does that make a difference, even if you can't have fans in the stadium? Yes, I think so. And obviously the the confidence of I think they did they beat Fair Island six six nil away from home, I think. So although it was a pretty convincing win. So they'll they'll take confidence from that and obviously being at home, but certainly the Belarus fixture winning away there, down to ten players, bringing them back to to Northern Ireland, a, a place where they feel comfortable playing. It will definitely play a big, big factor. Um, and then, uh, you know, as you say, ultimately, it's, it, it's not in their hands, but they can give it the best shot that they can. We now go to our first of our special guests this week, we, as we welcome Chris Marshall, women's football writer and host of the Leading the Lion podcast, which specialises in Scottish football. Chris, please tell us how Scotland have got on over the course of the past week. Hi there, uh, Chris here from Leading the Line, uh, the Scottish women's football podcast that you should all have right in your ears. I'm here to give a little bit of insight on how the Birmingham City players did for Scotland in the recent international break where, yeah, it was a bit of a mixed bag for Scotland. Uh, played to 1-1, lost one. Three Birmingham City players in the squad, uh, Rachel Corsi, national captain, um, along with Abby Grant and Christy Murray. Let's get straight into the games. Um, first game, Friday night, Scotland 3, Albania now at Tynecastle. And um, it was... It was functional. It got the job done. Uh, Rich Corsi was the only Birmingham City player to play and um, she did so very well. Uh, I mean, Albania didn't offer a lot of threat, I think it's probably fair to say, but her role in the breaking of the deadlock cannot be underestimated. She uh, managed to get free of her marker and found herself in acres of space before heading home emphatically. It's a good word for it, emphatically, um, to put Scotland 1-0 up just before half-time. Um, as I say, she was the only one to make an appearance against Albania if you're, from a Birmingham City perspective. Um, Caroline Muir scoring two goals in the 76th and then a 90th minute penalty to kind of put the gloss on a performance that maybe wasn't vintage Scotland, I think it's fair to say. And I think it's probably fair to say that when you roll on to the next game against Finland, uh, the following Tuesday afternoon, how annoying an afternoon kickoffs, by the way, um, it was very much kind of the same from Scotland, again, not vintage. Um, and the problem this time was that the team they were playing in Finland were a level above Albania. Scotland dominated the first half, 
without really having too much of the ball. Shelley Kerr made a couple of changes. Rachel Corsi remained in the side uh, to be part of this time by Sophie Howard instead of Hannah Godfrey from the first game. And Christy Murray came into the side uh, replacing Lucy Graham of Everton. And I thought that, um, yeah, it's hard to really criticise, I think, the def- Scotland defence, um, to be honest with you. Uh, losing one now, probably the defence were the best part of the Scotland team uh, against Finland, which isn't great when we can think about how much possession we had and how much we dominated that first period. The goal from Finland kind of came in a really quick spurt after half-time where they, they just seemed to get on top of Scotland. Uh, a corner came in, Lizzie Arnott, formerly of Manchester United, now at Rangers, uh, cleared off a uh, header off the line, but it was yet to be followed in by Salmonen, and that kind of sealed it for Finland. Scotland never really felt like they got into it. Um, in terms of Birmingham City performances, as I say, Rachel Corsi, I don't think you can really say too much against her. I think she's been solid. She's obviously come into Birmingham from Utah Royals and she's had a really good season, obviously, so far, getting a Player of the Month nomination. Christy May, I thought, also had a good game. She is. Um, she came in and it was quite an attacking-looking midfield uh, along with Caroline Weir, but I thought she had a good dig in midfield, um, decent ball retention. Just wasn't to be for Scotland uh, against uh, Finland and Helsinki. Um, they now sit four points behind, but with a couple of games in hand, and it's... It's, I think it's an interesting um, reality check for Scotland, given given the kind of momentum that came on the back of the World Cup. That was a first defeat in six since that date. Um, and I think there will be hope that this is a temporary issue that will be resolved come in the qualifiers next month, where they play Portugal and Finland. Two massive games um, that will really dictate who will kind of finish top of the group. And Scotland should be in that position. They have the players to do it and the ability to do it. Um, in terms of the other players that may or may not feature for Scotland come those games, obviously Abby Grant was in the squad. Um, I think she's probably behind Martha Thomas and Jane Ross in that, the pecking order up top, up top at the moment. Um, I think that's probably probably about right at the moment just because of the resources it's Scotland to have and um, the, the way that Chelsea Kerr likes to play. And obviously Jamie Lee Napier who's come on loan from Chelsea. She has been in her own squads but she's yet to make her debut and I think the move to Birmingham City can only be a benefit towards that goal. Um, hopefully... Maybe not for the next couple of squads, but maybe something to look forward to in the next year. But yeah, that's it. Scotland uh, played two, drawn one, lost one. Oh, it feels weird to say Scotland women's team haven't quite got the job done for a while. But um, yeah, that's the insight from the games. And hopefully you found it useful in terms of the Birmingham City players too. You can find Leading Line at Leading Line on Twitter, on all the usual podcast sites. But for now, thanks very much. And I'm sure I'll speak again soon. Thanks, Chris. Don't forget to follow Leading the Line on all social media channels. Great to see Rachel Corsi on the score sheet for Scotland once again. It's a shame that Abby Grant didn't get a run out, but understandable that as she makes her way back to full fitness. Good to see Christy Murray getting minutes in that in the Finland game as well. Elsewhere, Republic of Ireland travelled to Ukraine as they looked to secure a playoff place. Special guest Rachel O'Sullivan, one half of the fantastic girls on the ball, joins us now to share her thoughts on the game. Hi there, Rachel here from Girls on the Ball, giving you a bit of a recap on my thoughts on the recent Ukraine-Ireland game. I think I've maybe just about recovered, but I don't know, it still feels pretty raw. What a devastating result that was. Really surprised by it, um, and I'm sure the girls are all devastated. I think we've seen it on their social media platforms, just how much that one hurt. Really, really wasn't their day, and I think this is just another great example of how crap 2020 is when the luck of the Irish is, is no more. Um, it was just a really unlucky result, I think. That that ugh, that own goal was an absolute kick in the stomach. And one of those situations where nine times out of ten, it would go exactly the way you wanted it to go, um, but not this time. And then to have the, the penalty miss 
and all of those chances it just felt like it wasn't their day and and the more those chances slipped by the more pressure it seemed to be on the team to get that goal and it just wasn't oh god it just wasn't going to happen was it even if it was just a draw still got it unfortunately means it's it's out of Ireland's hands but um as we say it ain't over till it's over and you know you never know what could happen against Germany in December so fingers crossed there's still a chance a small one but if there's still a chance it's still a chance come on the Irish Thanks to Rachel. Be sure to follow Girls on the Ball across all social media channels. Finally, we have the England game to mention, or rather the lack of game. Phil Neville's side was scheduled to face Germany on Tuesday, but a positive case of coronavirus within the England setup meant the game was cancelled as a precaution. In a funny way, Chris, Neville's reputation is probably saved a bit by not having to watch the spectacle of being battered away in Germany on his CV. Do you think he's gotten away with one here? Do I think he's gotten away with one? Um, honestly, I, I I really don't know anymore. I don't know whether people would say it's Germany, so it's you know it's 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 expected if you like, and and the fact that um, we haven't played much competitive football in Germany, are obviously having to play qualifiers. But maybe if we'd have gone there and lost four or five, it could have been quite damaging for his opportunities of of, of going to the Olympics. But it wouldn't surprise me if that decision's already been made. It's disappointing for the players, obviously, because I'm sure the players would have would have relished going over to Germany and and pitting their wits against the best. But I'm sure there'll be a few club managers that were were quietly pleased that there was a that there was no travel to to Germany with a tough fixture to put up with. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't know if it would have made a difference that some of the Man City players would have played an extra ninety minutes going into the FA Cup final today. But I guess it's one of those things we'll never know. So. Congratulations to Man City for winning the FA Cup earlier today against Everton. Um, also, in the last week or so, Chris, England took part in another one of your favourite things, inter-squad <laughs> friendlies, with our own Hannah Hampton on the winning side in a 1-0 win. From all accounts I've seen, she had a decent game. Do you think being around the England setup will take her game to the next level? Yeah, I do. Um, it's something I maintain when people... Uh, there's a bit of a complaint, a bit of noise about maybe too many too many foreign players in the league and and English players not getting not getting the time and opportunity to come through but I think if you're playing with the very best in the world week in week out if you're training with the best in the country every few months then it's it's definitely going to improve you and it's definitely going to raise your levels and I think Hannah being in and around that setup seeing the the other goalkeepers every day in training knowing what it takes to play for your country then you know, it it will it will drive her on and 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 show her exactly what's needed. I think it's it's good for everybody. Um, it's good for Hannah that she gets involved, obviously, and and hopefully she's making her mark. I know McIver had a excellent, but albeit in a in a defeat today in the cup final, but an excellent performance. So there's there's young English goalkeepers that are that are really staking a claim to to push the experienced members. Final word on England to you. What do you want to happen? ahead of the next friendly in December against Norway. Do you want to see some more players get their chances in the first team like Chloe Kelly? Or do you think players like Beth England might miss out because she's not playing regularly for Chelsea? Yeah, it's always it's always a catch-22 situation. I think with, with the Euros now being in 2022, I think there's a bit of time where we can say, maybe, maybe offer a few form players who are, are playing in form you know, an opportunity to play against a, a quality international side like Norway, just to see what they're like. I think once it gets to within 
12 months of a, of a major international tournament, that's when I really want to see a definitive outfit really being prepared, if you like, for, for that international tournament. But I think there's enough time now for, for opportunities to come in for players who are playing well in the division that might not necessarily get call-ups. That's all for part one. Coming up in part two, we look ahead to Birmingham City's next league game against West Ham United. Welcome back to Greats in 68. I'm here with Chris. Next Sunday, we return to domestic action as Blues welcome West Ham United to Damson Park. Birmingham will be looking for their third league win in a row against West Ham, a side they have beaten twice in their last three meetings. The last time these sides met, though, was last year. Matt Beard's side came out on top thanks to Adriana Leon's first half strike. There wasn't much between the sides that day, but we will need to be wary of the threats that West Ham can have. Martha Thomas is a great striker and perhaps goes under the radar if only because of her injury record. She scores goals when she's fit, but hasn't been able to get through an entire season since joining the Hammers. They've also got a quality midfield with the likes of Katie Longhurst, Kenza Darley and Emily Van Egmond, the latter joining on loan from Mark Skinner's Orlando Pride. Is it the midfield where the game is going to be won or lost on Sunday, Chris? Um, I think it, it'll play a massive part, yeah. Obviously, our, our back four that played away at Bristol, if, if that's the same back four, then hopefully we can cope with, with West Ham's attacking threat and and have a threat of our own going forward, obviously. But um, yeah, I think it's the, the midfield battle will be will be important in, in transitioning for when we do get the ball at the back. And, and getting it to the front, getting it through to the front players, and obviously they're going to have to be strong. Matt Beard's sides are always, always competitive, always pretty strong. So we've played West Ham a lot. They always do seem to be, apart from I think it was three nil at Blues a couple of years ago, but they do seem to be quite cagey affairs, and, and both sides are evenly matched. Obviously, West Ham haven't had the the start to the season that they, they would have hoped for, I'm sure. But um, yeah, they are, I'm sure they'll be ultra competitive going into this one. Longhurst is a lifelong Hammers fan, as demonstrated in the BBC documentary series Squad Goals. Do you think playing for the club you love raises your game or can it put greater pressure on you to succeed? I suppose it depends what what type of character you are. I think Katie Longhurst is experienced enough now as a professional that when she got that move to West Ham, that it was was her dream move and and she could put her her heart and soul into playing playing for the club that she loves. Obviously, getting through to an FA Cup final and uh, and everything like that. So I think for someone like Longhurst, you know, as a young kid, maybe it can have a can have a, a bit of a added pressure to you. But for, for someone like Longhurst, I'm sure she's just relishing putting on that shirt every week. Yeah. West Ham will play Reading on Wednesday in the second of their Conti Cup matches. Do you think that extra game in midweek will benefit the London side ahead of this weekend by giving them added match sharpness? Or will it lead to more tired legs going into the 90 minutes? Um, <laughs> I suppose it depends on the result, really. If they if they get tonked, it, it might be uh, there might be a few heavy legs going into the Blues game. But if if they win four nil, then then I'm sure they'll be absolutely bouncing into into Solihull on Sunday. So I think it, it is very dependent on on the result. Obviously, there's no extra time; it goes straight to penalties, doesn't it? So there's no uh, the, there's no element of that side of it. But I'm sure whatever happens to them on Wednesday, they'll. They've got a, a squad big enough and strong enough to put out a competitive side. Prediction time. It's that time of the week again 
where we do our predictions, and we haven't exactly had the greatest of time of it since our last show. Ukraine beat Republic of Ireland 1-0, so no, no one got any points there. Uh, Germany and the England game got cancelled, so that was no points there either. Finland beat Scotland 1-0, which is also no points for any of us. Then this is where we finally picked up some points in the last game that we predicted was the Belarus and Northern Ireland game. Northern Ireland won that one 1-0, thanks to Rachel Furness. Uh, Kaz correctly guessed it would end 1-0 to Northern Ireland with Rachel Furness scoring, so she gets three points for there. She continues to grow in this prediction contest this year. Chris thought it would be a draw, but did, it, however, predict that Furness would score, so he gets a point there. And Stacey and I both predicted a Northern Ireland win, so we both get a point there as well. So how does that leave the standings? There's not much to report on that front, as only Kaz picked up any points of note, despite having three matches to contend with. Chris and Stacey are in third with seven points each. I'm in second with nine points and Kaz continues to pull away at the top with an impressive 12 points. On to next weekend's predictions now then. Birmingham City, welcome West Ham United to Damson Park. It's three weeks since our last league match. Chris, how do you see this one going? I am, there must be something seriously wrong with me. I think I'm going to be optimistic again. Um, I'm going to go for a 1-0 Blues win and the goal will come off the bench from uh, Chloe McCarron. I can't, I, I can't show you my screen, Chris, because you, 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 won't, you won't believe me if I did. Get lost of you gone 1-0 I've McCarron. got 1-0 with Chloe McCarron scoring. No, you haven't. <laughs> I have. That's ridiculous. I, I, will, I will send you this document later to prove it. But um, yeah, it's, man, it's mental. So if we're both right, we're going to get good points this week. Yeah, we need to catch up. Kaz has sent me in predictions for her and Stacey because they both couldn't make the show. I, feel, I didn't say that earlier in the show. They weren't here today, as you could tell. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Kaz has gone for a 2-1 win with Christy Murray scoring and Stacey's gone with a 1-0 win with Murray scoring, not Chloe McCarron, Chris, don't worry. And that's all for this week's show. Thanks to Chris for joining me. You can follow the show on Twitter and Facebook at GreatSense68. And as always, remember to keep right on.